Hey there, it's Heather from the KT team. Today's episode 19 in KT Confidential, and we're answering some quick fire round questions on real estate. So sit back and enjoy. We're good? Mm-hmm. Episode 19, as you were saying, five months. It's a long time. Five months of. Recording. Is this the way we're starting? Yeah. We're into it right now? We are, yeah. So for episode 19, we've got, I don't know how many questions, a bunch of questions that we're going to run through quickly. How long do you want to spend on each? Should we set a time limit? No? That's up to you. I'm good with no time limit. Yeah. All right. What have you got for us? It's a quick fire round. You just bang them off. Bang them off. They're all... The fuck was that? They're all real estate related. Right? Did somebody come in the door? Who was it? Chris, I think. Oh, Chris came in and he left. Get back here. He doesn't want to be on camera. <laughs> Every podcast he's been in for the past three. Has he? Okay, I'm going to start answering the questions <laughs> without you. Okay. All right, what have we got, Cam? What are your typical clothing closing costs when buying? Clothing costs? When buying and selling. Okay. Typical. Welcome, Chris B. <laughs> in the office. Good day. You're too, you want to be on camera? You didn't want to be on camera again? I think you're timing it strategically. I know. Last time he did the same thing. Yeah, I get it. Okay, so first question. what happens when you wake up at 945. (laughs) First question was typical closing costs for buyers and sellers. Uh, So buyers, while you have your, the biggest one you have. Seriously, you're holding the fucking coaster in your hand. Listen, I fidget. Can somebody buy this guy a squish ball or something? Uh, For buyers... Oh, I thought he was going to use the washroom. No. <laughs> hey, it's no nip Tuesdays. No nippies. All right. Closing costs for buyers. Biggest one is your land transfer tax. The so land transfer tax is on a varying scale. I'm not holding your hands. You took that you away You wanted to me. hold something. That was so mean. <laughs> land transfer tax. It averages about 2%, but it's on a varying scale. Google it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving costs, so movers, um, hydroenergization fees, things like that. So if you haven't set up utilities in the past, uh, you will probably have to leave a deposit or pay something up front to get no. those set up. Yes, a big thing. Lawyer fees. Lawyer fees. A big thing. Title insurance. Yeah, a big thing that can change be- uh, between new construction and resale. Um, and that depends on the builder as well. So, like you were saying, your hydro, or you were talking about the deposit. Anything. If you're buying a home, yes, it depends if it's an. Right. Like if you're first time signing up with these hydro energization costs would be on a new home. Right. But some utility companies will take a deposit. I think when I did it years ago, it was 400 bucks. So they hold your deposit for a year, assuming you make your payments, then your payments for the following months. Uh, preceding that will come out of your deposit until it's depleted. But if you're buying a new construction home, you should probably ask to see the agreement of purchase and sale first because there will be a lot of extra costs. Hydroenergization costs. Good thing he didn't put a timer on this. I know, but it's important. Tree planting, driveway paving, uh, deposit for grading, which when I did mine, when I bought my new construction house was like 10 years ago, it was 750 bucks. 
Uh, we just had a client buy new construction and it was $6,000. So that's a big expense. And then for selling? Selling your uh, real estate fees. So it depends on what your real estate agent or brokerage is charging plus HST and lawyer fees. Moving really costs again. Moving costs, which could just be beer and pizza for your buddies. Yep. Depends on what you're doing. Next question. What steps do I need to do to get my home ready for sale? What steps do I need to do to get my home ready for sale? So there's a lot of things. We'll start in the beginning. What would be the first thing you'd recommend? Well, you see, it depends because if somebody's hiring us, that's the best first step because they're going to get well, the guidance. The best first step, period, I would say. Yeah. Well, not if you hire a realtor that doesn't have a proper process. Well, As an example, I just uh, met with now clients last week for the first time. They interviewed four agents. They decided they wanted to move forward with our team. One of the realtors that they uh, interviewed with, so I met with them on Thursday. They met with that other realtor on Wednesday and he wanted to have their home up and on the market for that weekend for open houses. What? Yeah. Yeah. So That's literally, a desperate agent. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Literally take photos and put it up on the market. So it depends who you meet with. Um, but typically in our process, first best step, meet with somebody on our team because we're going to guide you through exactly what needs to be done. Um, typically that involves decluttering, moving some furniture in or out, um, moving things around, cleaning, doing a deep clean. Before you even meet with a realtor or anybody, empty out cabinets, clean your appliances, clean your baseboards, clean, clean the house, make it spotless. That's my best first tip. And good, for, good, good first impression to a realtor yeah. is just as important as a good first impression to a so. buyer. I don't think so. Yeah. Not at all. That's sure. the realtor's job is to be able to see through that and advise them on what to do and what not to do. Because they might do something that's a waste of time. Like, they don't need to do it. Cleaning never killed anybody. No, but, I mean, removing things. So oh, I would no. say before I'm you do anything, just bring a realtor in. I don't care if your house is a mess. But if a realtor is pressuring you to get it on the market that quickly, red flags, stay away. Because there's a big process to do it right. And that would not have turned out. Okay, well. so let's further answer this question because all we're saying is get a good realtor. No, first thing is, well, um, let's, our process is uh, step one, make a list. Once they bring us in, you have a consultation done, staging consultation, so you know what to do yep, to prepare you'll meet, the house. You meet with our stager or our designer and... So that could be... They'll give you a list of things that needs to be done room by room. Decluttering, depersonalizing, which is important. I have people argue with me all the time about that, but it is important to depersonalize. It's hard for someone to envision themselves living in your home if they see pictures of you and your family. Right. Um, depersonalize, declutter, clean. Painting is often one of the biggest bangs for your buck, so, uh, but get proper advice on it. I remember I had one client he called me, he was so excited because uh, he painted his dining room. Do you remember Aiden? And he brought me in. Oh yeah, and it he was this ugly color. Yeah, he and painted his dining room. And uh, the cut job like on? Lime green. 
and the cut job on it was just brutal. Like yeah, you saw it was the... all over the ceiling. But he was so proud of himself. But then I had to make him repaint it. Yeah, good call. <laughs> that was the hard. That. that was a hard conversation. Um, so get professional advice um, because any little thing you do uh, can and will have an impact on the sale. And you can never forget that you are doing these things to appeal to the widest possible audience and to buyers. It's not to appease yourself or make it how you would want the home to be. So if a color uh, brings out a better uh, focal point of the room or just makes it bigger or whatever, because oftentimes the colors that we choose are very bright, light colors like whites and, and you know, um, sometimes the grages, grage the kind of fuck is color. a grage? You know, <laughs> gray slash beige. Um, and it's not often that people push back on our suggestions, but occasionally they do. I remember, I'm not going to mention any names, but one particular client, uh, they didn't like the way we staged the house, but it's not about them. And that's what people need to understand and I anytime someone takes every single piece of advice we give them they are way more successful consistently the people that push back and try to do their own way very consistently I bet every single time the process is not as smooth or successful that's true yeah they have to have the faith the confidence just sit back relax and let them do the job snapping at us that's code for move on not quick fire here what should I look, be looking around? Uh, what should I be looking for in, during the springtime regarding maintenance around my home? Did you write that one? You wanted I to d- talk about spring I maintenance didn't, but so spring bad. maintenance is important this time of year. Um, okay, I've got a few recommendations. So number one, have a do. walk around the property. Make sure the grading is such that any water is getting um, away from your foundation so your downspouts are properly um, distributing water away from the foundation. I would recommend going up into the attic uh, because now the snow is melted from the roof, um, change of climate. Um, you want to make sure there's no leaks, but also no rodents because rodents may have been in there over the last little while. Um, so those are a couple of Actually, that's a nice good point news. on rodents. I was at a client's house the other day, and now that the snow is thawed, we saw tons of little trails all through the grass. I think they're, what do you have them? Uh, voles. Voles, How do you yeah. get rid of them? I cannot disclose that publicly. <laughs> okay. But let's I think that's what they have. So that's something let's that Let's just say will now have it involved coyote urine and a little bit of uh, explosives. <laughs> um, rodents, that's a good one. Um, so the only th- those voles, by the way, I mean, they literally Are they made, like small mice? It's like a cross between a mouse and a rat and they're ugly little fuckers that'll just eat up your whole lawn. Yeah. It made a, a maze yeah, in yeah. my front exactly lawn. Like it, almost the entire front lawn was destroyed yeah. and nothing I could do could get rid of them. Traps. I called in a professional and he said, well, you're going to do this, 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 and this, and this. And I did some research and I did get some, I don't remember if it was coyote or some kind of uh, animal urine. Um, Surprised you didn't just pee on the lawn. On, on one end, I tried that in the beginning. It didn't work. So just killed the grass. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, so you put the urine on one end and I got these little um, like pellets at the other. So it would 
push them out from one end. They would go and eat the stuff, and they disposed of themselves somewhere in my lawn. Interesting. Yeah. The only other thing I guess think I can think of for spring maintenance is service your AC. That would be good. Not yet. Still too cold to run the AC. No, but, but spring goes into May. Yes. Okay. Right? So a little bit later. In spring. A little bit later in spring. Service your AC. And, and your lawn. And your furnace, lawn. Furnace too. At the sure. same time you're yeah. doing the AC, do the furnace. Yeah. Your lawn also, um, to give it a good jump start on the season, fertilize it later in the season, later in See, spring. See, you did have some good yeah. spring I, tips. I, I like green, thick, lush lawns. Next. Should I finish my basement prior to selling my home? No. No. <laughs> Next. <laughs> what is a good time to buy and sell a home? Anytime. Anytime. Next. Next. <laughs> <laughs> no, but on that, no, seriously. <laughs> People ask that all the time, and it literally is any time. The key is knowing what's going on in the market and playing the market to your advantage and so knowing what your competition is. And like, don't try to time the market. Yeah, the best time to buy is whenever the hell you're ready yeah. because in the wintertime, you're going to have you know, different obstacles than you will in the summertime and vice versa. There's always a positive or a negative to any time of the year. Um, so just do it whenever you can. Agreed. How can I make the move easier on my kids? That's a good question. Yeah. So would you interpret this as the physical move from one house to the next or? No, to me, it sounds like like the selling process. The The selling selling process. process. I have kids. I'm selling my house. What can we do to make that easier? Showings and things like that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going (laughs) to? Okay. Well, I... uh, I mean, at the end of the day, I think it's important, uh, especially in the very beginning of your listing period, that's when you're busiest. It's when you have the most eyes on your listing. It's when you have likely have the most showings and busy open houses. So plan a bunch of stuff. Plan to go away for the first week or weekend. Plan uh, to visit family for the first few days, whatever. Just make a lot of uh, plans to get out of the house because if you don't, you're going to be driving around aimlessly. That would have been my number one tip as well. Yeah. Just plan things, movies, plan to that. This is a time to go and visit all the family you haven't seen or spoken yeah. to in a long time because <laughs> they'll actually feed you as well because you yeah. don't want to be cooking It can at get home. expensive if you're eating out every meal yeah. and that could easily happen. Best thing you can do, take a vacation. It's yeah. a stressful time. Well, and in once, this day and age. Once the property is on the market, yeah. you let your realtor do the work. If you get an offer that comes in, we can, can send it to you el- electronically. We have sold homes where our clients were literally sitting on the beach enjoying a cocktail. There you go. Take your family on a vacation. It, the kids will love it. Go to Disney World, whatever. Um, yeah. And try not to fuck up their rooms too much. Like, don't don't mess with their rooms too much. You know what I mean? Like, well. I'm not sure I'm completely on board with that. I think you should make it into like a fun thing because sometimes you need to. Like sometimes it's just they're terrible, like full of toys. Yeah, have them involved in the Get process. Get them involved and make it a fun process. Like yep. make it a game. Like, oh, that's we're going to give you a new room Yep. kind of thing. So it's a good idea. Don't yeah, I would say get them involved as they so they feel So plan, get the kids like involved, involved, take a vacation if you can. Next. Are there still energy incentives? And if so, which ones should I invest into to increase the value of there's not really anything that I'm aware of right now. I mean, Enbridge and Union Gas occasionally run programs, but I don't think there's any government incentives. Um, Why are you looking at me like that? 
Why are you fidgeting with the mic? You took away my coaster. I'm telling you, I'm getting you a friggin' squoosh ball. Um, it depends on the age of the home, right? Um, there aren't any big programs right now that are going to make you say, yes, I have to do this or I have to do that. You're talking a couple hundred bucks here or there. Uh, replace a thermostat or replace a water heater and nothing that's really earth shattering. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so not really, not really. <laughs> He's going to give, give me a dog, dog toy. toy. Dog toy. Oh, this feels nice. Does it feel nice? It feels really nice. If yeah. that ends up on his seat, you might not want to give it to blue after. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think mortgage brokers are, I they both have their, <laughs> their <laughs> pros and cons, I suppose. <laughs> what did you give me? Is this a dog toy? <laughs> or is it one of your toys? <laughs> um, That's so you can pull it back out. I mean, everybody <laughs> everybody's situation is different. Like some people who might be self-employed, uh, might be more complex application. Uh, they may be better off to go to a mortgage broker that works with multiple lenders that can shop their application around to people that may have more lenient rules for approval you know people that work at the bank they have oftentimes are very close-minded that their products really are that their products are the best products on the market whereas a broker has a little bit wider vision um, is more likely to have the pulse on what other banks or lenders or credit unions whatever are offering the best program uh, at that given time like you mentioned meridian that they were offering a two-year fixed rate at 1.98 where everybody else was at like two and a half percent so maybe the broker then says hey these guys have a great program going on right now uh if you're self-employed um oftentimes they have what i just said oh were you not listening to me no, but w- just quickly, um, mortgage brokers are good, but same as any other industry, be uh, cautious of who you use. I've ran into a lot of sketchy ones that do things they shouldn't and uh, at the, uh, the to the detriment of the client. Yeah, well, that's like lawyers and dentists and realtors. Yeah. There are brokers out there that maybe there's an incentive to get more mortgages with a certain lender and they just yeah. push you like that Like it's way. not all about the rate. Yeah. There's other components to it as well. For sure. So educate yourself. Do your due diligence. Even talk to a couple of different brokers or go to a couple of different banks. Get get varying opinions. Talk to the realtor as well that you're using. They might have somebody that they can hook you up with. Yep. My backyard is a blank slate. How much can I expect to invest into it? it. Oh, my God. How much can you expect to invest in a blank slate backyard? Anywhere from... To finish it. It's a very broad question. thousand to... Hundreds of thousands. <laughs> Depends on what you want to do. I think the premise of it is that I think it's a great place to spend money. Uh, not necessarily to get like an exceptional return on it, depending on how you're getting it done. You'll get a shit return on that investment yeah. overall. But it's, um, as far as like my host, I did it and you've done it. I don't know how you feel about yours, but I'm, I love it. I'm out there all the time in the summer. It's just gives you a reason how to get out. How much did you spend in your backyard total with the hot tub? 30. 30,000. Yeah. So I did a pergola. Nice one, like custom built big pergola. Um, this is a quick fire, by the big way. Big stone patio. And 
There's seven trees back there. I'm surprised I fit seven. You did like 30 somehow. But uh, anyways. So it, you, it, spent, you spent 30 grand. Yeah. Well, how much do you think that increased the value of your home? Um, somewhere between 10 and 20. Yep. Depends on the buyer. I would agree. Some buyers may Here's never be able to justify buying a hot tub, but they get excited at the idea that they could buy a house with a hot tub. Well, regardless of the hot tub so or depends, not, you, no, walk, I know. you walk outside of your uh, back door, your garden door, and it looks nice. So it's that appeal. So you might not get an exact return on that investment per se, but are you elevating the overall feel and look of the home to right. get somebody more interested right. in it. And that's the key. In my backyard, as you mentioned, uh, so we put up, I think we have 10 of those kind of cedars uh, along the back fence. So I'm telling you in three or four years from now, we did them, what, three summers ago? Mm -hmm. um, that's gonna fill in really nicely and give privacy when Honestly, the trees is my favorite part that we did. Like, it just makes it feel... The ornamental pear trees? Yeah. I mean, just having any trees, it makes it feel Greenery. much more inviting. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so we did the big patio. Um, did it right. We even had a trench around the back. Um, so weeping tiles were laid um, so we didn't get any excess moisture because the back of the lot tended to be very damp and and you remember well in the two houses behind us i think they both did big poor concrete. concrete so there's very poor drainage back there yes so, um, so we put weeping tile out back uh we have six or six or seven ornamental trees uh, along uh, the sides and then in the corners we have um, some really nice maple trees so Whoever is going to own that home in 20 years is going to have a little bit more privacy and uh, maybe not so much sun, but uh, yeah. uh, it looked nice and peaceful when you walk back there. And then the patio, you know, um, it's pretty maintenance free. You can get a lot of uh, seating on it. We put the kids uh, uh, playground thing on it. Um, so it was worth it. We spent about 20, 25 or so, and I would say probably a 15 thousand dollar uh yeah gain. so a, a little bit maybe half half or maybe a little bit more uh but it really depends like my backyard may not appeal to people because there's not a lot of grass and some people may want more grass we've their. had clients spend as little as five grand and do something that is reasonable yeah um little patio a couple of trees you're good to go yeah. and then we've had clients that have literally spent a quarter million in putting a pool and yeah. oasis so yeah very very no broad question. It is. No to the backyard. Where is the best place to spend the money to get a return on investment in your home? Let's just touch on that for a second. So we said no to the basement because everybody's going to want a different kind of basement, different finishes. Well, that was saying no to doing it for the, with the sole purpose of selling. selling. Correct. Um, when we have houses without finished basements, it's very common. We During open houses, people will walk down to the stairs and we'll hear them saying, oh, I'm glad it's unfinished because most people don't finish it to the liking of everybody else. Most people do a shitty job, which is very common. You can see if there's any foundation cracks, a any issues. A lot of buyers are worried about what's behind the wall. Um, so we didn't say no to it. No. Period. No for, for investment. Yeah. But kitchens, bathrooms, maybe trim work what was the question best place to invest for return on investment yeah there's a lot of little things you can do like we talked about it once before adding some tech to your house 
So adding some smart home stuff, a thermostat. I'm really big right now on things that are not as expensive, yeah. giving you a good return on your investment if you're selling. Yeah. So things like a Nest thermostat and uh, Nest smoke detectors yeah. um, can be good small investments that give you a good return. But to make that more effective, if you've got a, a Nest thermostat or whatever Ecobee, um, when your house is for sale, you should go pick up a Google Home or something like that and have a sign telling people, say, hey, Google, turn the temperature to 24 degrees Celsius. Hey, and Google, let the, order 12 rolls of... Let the buyers experience that, right? Because that's how you get people really excited about a house. Um, so anyways, I think little things like that go a long way. And the bigger things, definitely kitchens and bathrooms, anything yeah. you can do to improve them. I'm finding now that a lot of people are wanting um, some detail finishes like crown molding, wainscoting, uh, yeah. waffle or coffered ceiling. Um, lighting is a big thing. Lighting, we're always big on. Yeah. A lot of older homes lighting. don't have ceiling lights. They weren't uh, wired that way. So adding some pot lights is good. Um, yeah. So there you go and painting and, and repairing anything uh, that might make somebody think there's a problem. So if there's a discoloration in the ceiling, those aren't necessarily upgrades, but repairing that, if it was a previous leak and has been fixed, you don't need people to think that there might be a problem. Right. So fix all You're those going things. through one of those issues right now. Is that why you brought am, that up? Yeah. 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 Was there a leak? No, they, they have no idea what it was. It could have been that the drywall from the builder was a had a small section that was wet, and the paint didn't take very well. And it's very subtle, especially from a certain angle. So, anyways, no, there's nothing wrong. Where is the best location to find an investment property to get the best return down the line? I don't know that... Best location for an investment property to get the best return down the line depends on what the time frame is yeah it depends on how much you have to spend and it depends if you want to be hands-on hands-off like there's a lot of good investments out there right now i'm big on owning any kind of waterfront property um anything whether it's a small lake big lake i don't care if it's on the lake you're doing good um i think areas just outside of the gta especially on the west end are going to absolutely explode over the next 10 years. So whatever areas you want to consider that, even Milton, but um, Waterdown, Ancaster, St. Catharines, Grimsby, Cambridge, Guelph, Acton maybe. Um, so all of those areas, people are looking for affordable housing. I would say just go wherever you can afford. Yeah, rather pretty than, much. Rather <laughs> than waiting to afford to go where you want. Yep. Does that make sense? Go where you can afford, build the equity, and then move yourself in over time. Right. Thoughts on investing in commercial properties? I think commercial is great. He loves commercial properties. Me, not so much. Um, the nice thing with commercial is you have much more control as being a landlord. If you get a bad There's tenant. There's no Residential Tenancies Act for commercial. Well, there are there, still rules, but it, yeah, it favors the landlord. Mm -hmm. So you can easily get people out. Um, so, And there's always investors looking for commercial uh, properties, whether it's a residential commercial property or an industrial 
commercial yeah. property. Well, and a lot of retail. areas that are booming yep. are lacking in commercial. Milton so value, is one of them. Values are going up quickly. Yep. So for the right investor, it can be a good option. I just prefer homes, and I. I don't know. To I, each their own. Yeah. Both work. If I cut into my front lawn to expand my driveway, does it increase or decrease the value of my home? Depends on the size of the front lawn. Well, it depends on how you do it. And it depends if it's actually legal within your right. your township. So most uh, municipal bylaws will only permit a certain percentage of your frontage to be a driveway. So you have to check and make sure you can do it. Um, but it depends on how you do it. Like a lot of people will put those big, ugly square builder patio stones and it looks terrible. Um, and some they literally just dig out some dirt and throw those yeah. down and it's yeah, like it, all lopsided. Do it with proper like paver stone like and the proper kind. No, like no, no, don't do it yourself. No, 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 I know, we'll but choose there. proper stuff. Uh, so the proper paver stone that's the right thickness to accommodate a car. Well, when like I you did went mine, that. I went when I did mine, they dug down 6 feet. Not 6 four, feet. 4 feet. 4 no. feet. No. Yes. I don't believe it. Oh, well, call Dave and ask him. There's no They dug way. down four feet, yes, because then they put, um, like, pack, uh, packing Screening. stones. Not four feet. Maybe, like, a foot and a half, two feet. No, man. I'm I mean, telling you. Okay, we'll get him on this show. Yeah. And you, and, and the uh, it is a much thicker paving stone. Yeah, like, it's not the same stone you use on a patio. Correct. I don't think people realize that. Yeah. And I think people that do it themselves make that mistake. Um, so that's huge. Or um, I might even have a picture. Okay, let me see. Um, and another but another nice one, like um, up the street, Chris and Carly, they did a nice poured exposed exposed aggregate whole driveway, nicely done. So yes, it does increase the value if it's nicely done because yeah. now you have a side by side parking versus the tandem parking, because nobody likes to do that shuffle of moving cars around, especially in the winter time. Um, so if it's done properly, nice um, uh, curb appeal, if it's got a nice curb appeal to it, yeah. like theirs, theirs looks great. Yeah. Um, Just make sure you can do and it. That's value period. for sure, no, yeah. no question about it. All right, next. I'm gonna find this picture, prove well, you wrong. I know you're wrong. What you think your home is worth versus what your house is actually worth? Understanding evaluations. Um, well, there's this thing called sentimental value, which a lot of homeowners um, assign this number, arbitrary number to their home. Um, at the end of the day, you have to just look at the comparables. Um, you can look at, we look at two things. We look at what's for sale because you need to know what you're competing against. If someone's going into your house, we need to know where else they're going and what else they're comparing your home to. But more importantly, we need to know what has recently sold. Um, so. I, I wouldn't put all the focus on that though because it depends on what type of home you have. If you have a town home that there's 150 of them in your neighborhood and they're on the market all the time, you know, it's much easier to evaluate what that home would be worth. Of course. If you have a bit more of a rare home, um, you're doing an assessment of one now in Brampton, which is a century home. It's extremely unique. 
and values can be um, just by opinion because the home is only worth as much as somebody's willing to pay for it. So it's an arbitrary number that everybody might have a different uh, sense of what it's worth. If you're the seller, you really have to determine what type of home you have and how does the buyer market see that home. Um, so it has to be positioned as such that if a buyer was to walk into your house that they see value in it. Yeah. Well, and there's so many things that affect it, just the color of your hardwood or the color of your carpet or the color of your kitchen or how it shows or whether it's been painted, whether it's dirty. There's so many variables that can impact it. Um, I have had many clients that will not buy a home if the woods are different shades and colors, even though those are things you can be that can be changed. If they want to move in a ready house mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you have to start painting cabinets and changing floors and redoing stairs, um, they look elsewhere. I can't find this photo, but it's I'm going to I'm going to call Dave no four foot hole in the front lawn. Dave from Looking Good Landscaping. Uh, he's done quite a bit of work for us. I'm going to give him a call. Right. And Next question. I'm going to get a photo. I see cracks in my foundation. How do I know if it's severe enough to see to seek an expert? Uh, good question. So well, first, is there any water penetrating? <laughs> yeah. Um, there's always going to be not always, almost always going to be cracks in the foundation. Most of the time, they're superficial. Um, I, listen, I fidget. So no matter what you do or take away from me, I'm going to find something to play with. Um, Anyways, uh, if there's, yeah, you want to keep an eye on it. If the crack has any signs of water penetration, it'll be obvious in most cases. Um, there might be efflorescence, which is just like a white powdery substance, which is just left over minerals from water that has evaporated over time. That's a sign. So if you see the white powdery stuff uh, around the crack. And if you're not sure, call somebody. Actually, in. funny enough, so I had a crack in my foundation yeah. before I finished the basement. But it I wasn't got leaking, it. was it? Uh, it showed signs of staining. So mm -hmm. there was water present, just not leaking. Right. Um, it was nothing to be concerned of. If I didn't finish the basement, I probably would have just left it like that. But you don't want it leaking if you're finishing the basement. So I had it epoxy filled, and and that was at the that was at the corner of a basement window, which is common. It's very common because it's a weak point in that foundation. So the crack went from one corner of the window um, right down to the base of the foundation, and it was actually pretty wide. Like there were a couple of bugs coming through, so. Um, it needed to be filled 500 bucks and yeah so the interesting warranty. thing with basement crack foundation cracks is depending on how so if, so if somebody buys a conditional on an inspection and they find them depending on how um, the inspector words it to the buyer they can either set them up to be freaking out over minor issues or they could be completely okay with it so there are things that you should be looking for before you sell and address them beforehand if necessary. That's all. That's all the questions. Mm -hmm. Was there anything that you wanted to talk about today? Nope. That was it. Actually, I did have one experience recently. I mentioned to you about a builder's sales representative that I was blown away at. What are, are you, you going to tell about? the story? I'm still looking for the photo. 
Um, well, do you do the geotagging thing, location services? You can just zoom into your house on the map. It'll show you all the pictures you took there. Oh. Um, <laughs> maybe you don't want to see all of them. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I just, uh, yeah, one thing I meant, I meant to bring it up last week. So I recently helped someone buy a new construction home. Um, I won't say anything about who it was, I guess, but the, uh, I see this very consistently with new construction. Builders hire shitty real estate agents in most cases, and they do a terrible job marketing them. So this particular realtor, before I even saw the house, she told me, I, I confirmed the price with her, and she's like, yeah, but don't worry, we'll sell it for this much. And she also said, and also we're, we're often throwing in this, this, and this. Like these are things that, so immediately I knew what they were willing to do. So I came in lower and they accepted that too. So they're just not, I don't know, I feel like they, she was just out to quickly sell well, and now one. I think this is new territory for a lot of new home builders because new homes over the last number of years were really selling themselves, right? Yeah. They put a sign out and say, okay, grand opening on this day, and they have a friggin' lineup, you know, around the block of people that want to buy the house, people camping out overnight. But now they've got excess inventory and the homes are sitting there. Yeah. And now, to your point, They've got realtors that have been used to just sitting back and waiting people come through the showroom, but not so much anymore. And well, no, these are real estate agents that are with a brokerage. They do a combination of resale oh, so and not, new construction. So they're not specifically no. for the builder. Like Madame has their own. Well, yeah, actually, they are they are through a brokerage as well, but they are dedicated exclusive pretty much yeah. to. But like this builder could have easily got another 10 grand out of us. Yeah, Don't tell them that. No, I won't. By the time this is published, we will have already received the signed contract. The only thing I wanted to talk about, and I'm going to squeeze it in today, you didn't want me to talk about it because it's not a topic that you like, is color trends. Oh, God, no. I don't want to talk 29, about it. 2019 color trends. So squeezing it in. And re the reason I'm squeezing it in is because Benjamin Moore just released their 2019 color trends. Yeah. So if you go into any Benjamin Moore uh, provider, um, retailer, they'll have this magazine with all the uh, colors that they've chosen. And there's a lot of darker colors, a lot of uh, beigey colors. It's You're quite interesting. You're colorblind. How do you even know? Well, you I'm know not that, I'm not, I, you know, my world isn't black and white, my friend. <laughs> Sometimes I confuse blues and purples but, and potentially I browns I see a lot of greens. greens in this brochure. Yes, there's greens, there's grays, there's browns. A lot of beautiful, uh, very Which, soothing colors. Yeah. Um, so my question to everybody out there is, what color would you be painting certain rooms in your house? Is there any color that you think is a must paint with this year? And more importantly, what color of kitchen cabinet would you have right now if you were to design a custom kitchen? We're seeing a lot of blues, grays, whites, off-whites. So if you were designing a custom kitchen, what color would you choose for your cabinets? All right, thanks for listening, and don't forget to check us out on Insta and follow wherever you may be listening.